the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, episode 15. Hello, and welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Hello folks, Dan Reed here. Welcome back to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Click over to culinarylibertarian.com slash podcasts to follow me on social media and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Also, please head out and find, rate, and leave a positive comment for the Culinary Libertarian Podcast on Apple Podcasts. And also, please share this on social media. The more people who hear the show, the more people who get cooking. My guest today is Joanne Fa of the Invisible Foot of Government YouTube channel. She produces illustrated videos on economics and economists, which present sound principles in an easy style to access. Joanne studied fashion design, but was wooed away to economics by Columbia University. With econ degree in hand, she started an animation studio eight years ago and also co-founded a Bitcoin company. Joanne has been fascinated with Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations for some while and thought making animated videos of each chapter was a good goal for a person with an animation studio. She started her Invisible Foot of Government YouTube channel two years ago. Welcome, Joanne. Hello. Hello. So we were just chatting before we went on about um, about your Ukrainian heritage, and one of the things I'm interested in learning, since I didn't know that, was did that in any way influence you or inspire you or draw out a curiosity in you about um, communism or socialism? Um, well, I think, um, and I'll go a bit more into that later. Um, I think I have kind of an interest in um in anthropology in a sense uh from like an evolution point and so i've lived in several countries i've lived in germany and i've lived here in the states and i've lived in brazil actually and so i've kind of seen countries at different stages of development in a sense and hearing the stories from my grandfather about ukraine and the war and everything um I think that kind of ties into that. Um, this a little bit more of a general view of um, of what other countries and what countries at different stages kind of look like. Yeah. Well, that that is an interesting answer. I, I would not have considered any of those things. With that, uh, how did you find your way to economics? You sound like a rather young person, so it's an interest to me. I don't often think of young people. I'm thirty-three. <laughs> Well, that's younger than me, so to me, you're a young person. How did you find your way to economics? Yeah, it was a little bit funny, actually. Um, so I was actually, uh, my first um, um, study kind of was actually, um, I studied fashion design, so I'm a designer, actually, for two years um, when I moved to um, New York. And um, and then I kept getting, I kept getting spam, basically, from Columbia University, <laughs> Just like, oh, consider switching. I don't know. And then I applied and I was like, um, what should I study there? So I got kind of intrigued by studying economics. And that was really the beginning sort of, of, of yeah, continuing to like really 
um, love this kind of subject and and uh, going deeper. Um, so one of the reasons that I'm talking to you is I found your The Invisible Foot of Government videos on YouTube. Uh, and so you're talking about uh, Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations and you're breaking it down um, eight or ten minute portions, chapter by chapter, which is really fascinating. But also you seem to also have uh, sort of compartmentalized or segregated also doing current affairs, health insurance, uh, Bitcoin, and then some broader basic economic stuff. Do you have a plan for these themes and how did all this come to be? Yeah, so the channel, um, it's, um, it's a little bit of a work in progress right now. And basically we've tried out a bunch of different things, like you said, like uh, talking, the first video was about healthcare, talked a little bit about Bitcoin. And basically we spent the last year like really thinking about making a big plan of what the content is going to be, right? And so so a lot of things are actually happening right now. We are changing the name and um, we are really starting to roll out a couple of series of videos actually with the new topics. And But I think, I think the mission of the channel has been sort of the same since the beginning. So, so we kind of started and we're still like have this this mission that um, we just want to make it fun to learn economics because it's so important, I think, to for people to understand some kind of economics intuition, just like the basics. Because, yeah, we do have to deal with it every day. When we have elections, we have people making decisions about that affect the economy, that affect everybody's lives. So the idea is really, it's so boring when people like think about it. I don't want to learn about these things because just nobody explains economics in a fun way. And since I have like a, a deeper kind of passion for the subject and I find it very exciting, I want to somehow find a way to translate that into, into these videos and make it really fun for people to kind of want to understand more of it and get this economics intuition. Well, I think you've succeeded. So that has been the idea since the beginning. And we've tried out different things and um, and we've sort of uh, made a plan now of something we hope will work. And it's based on a several different books. And, and we are also, like you mentioned, we are making video versions of all of the chapters of Adam Smith's book. And funny, funny enough, um, I actually think that that book, The Wealth of Nations, or actually an inquiry into the causes and nature of the Wealth of Nations, is actually a very good introductory book for just getting like a feel of what kind of stuff do you think about as an economist? Uh, from what angle do you come to think about things? No, I, th I think that that's right. I think the biggest problem contemporary readers are going to have is bridging the 1776 Scottish vernacular. <laughs> what did he just say? Yeah, so 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 that's actually been a lot of my work lately, um, just like working through the language. And also, I guess one of the things is he's just very, he goes into a lot of detail and he, he doesn't do very good transitions. He does not have an editor. So you kind of have to read it a couple of times before you kind of see like, then he says this and then he goes on to this and then he, he concludes with that. And that's all kind of been coming to this conclusion. And then you can like rewrite it and be like, this is what he's going to try to say in the next couple of 
paragraphs. And so so this just this kind of like reworking the content into like a format that is easy to get. That's kind of been my job lately. But the more I've been doing that, the more I'm actually, this is not the first time I'm reading the book, but I'm kind of noticing all these nuances of things that he said that kind of get lost in, uh, in just the hard language. So it's it's been it's been fun it's been hard but I think working it in this way it's becoming actually a very fun kind of introduction to economics. Uh, where did the name the invisible foot of government originate? Oh yeah, that's actually if you go to our channel, there's like one of the I think the first video actually that's on there is a little um, it's a couple of seconds from an interview with um, Milton Friedman. The economist Milton Friedman, who made some um, some public lectures and stuff in the um, late seventies, early eighties, right? Um, and so he's very old in that interview, and he like jokes about how he um, he asked in a column or something, um, why isn't there a good name for this phenomenon that almost all well intentioned laws end up having the opposite effect in reality. <laughs> and then, um, now I forgot his name, this other economist made the suggestion that he loved uh, as an answer to that uh, column and said, well, why don't we call it the invisible foot of government as sort of a spin on um, Adam Smith's invisible hand of the market, right? No, it's a, it's a good answer. Yeah, so just like the invisible hand, sort of, uh, we have the intention of like, we just want to make some money, we want to pay our bills. But what ends up happening is that we're creating all this wealth through division of labor, right? And so the opposite is sort of politicians have like, all these intentions of making everything more safe or whatever. And they end up doing the opposite by kind of result of um, just how large groups function, right? So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things we're going to talk about in the, on the channel. And for example, this would be one of the topics that's coming out is um, when you talk about economics, you have to kind of change the way you think about things. We're used to thinking about judging people by their personality, by their intentions, by uh, their qualifications. But when you, uh, but when you look at big groups of people, um, which is what you do in economics, you have to uh, understand incentives, and then you can say something about what the outcome is going to be. And it doesn't actually matter what per people's uh, intentions are so much, right? Um, so that, for example, would be one of the, the videos that we would make that learn to think like, a, like an economist. Right. Well, that's, uh, that's a, that takes some training. <laughs> most people don't do that. Yeah. But I think also people are not aware and it's like, um, so the, the videos that are coming out today, um, that are starting today, it's going to be a series of the stuff that you learn in your first econ class. And it's so funny, like the way economics is taught right now, they just throw a bunch of things at you as well. And then they get to the math parts. And often you're just like 
totally lost. Like, what if, what was all of this about? And I'm trying to kind of break it down. Like, I think the problem with economics right now is that the people who want to learn it right now, they want to learn it because they, they're going to work in finance. They're going to work in... Um, in insurance or something like that. So so they really mostly just need the math of it, right? And so so you go into economics class and uh, and they just go through all of the the setup like uh, this is we assume this, we assume this, we assume this. And this is the definition of economics. Uh, let's get to the math. We models, why do we do all of this? It's not important. We just get to the math because that's what's um, the current crowd of people who learn economics need to make um, to to work in their jobs later, right? Uh, and so, so there's I don't think there is yet like a fun version of how to to just get an idea of economics is out there. Like um, um, one of the things I did when I was like researching what we're going to put on the channel was to watch Khan Academy's um economics videos right because I'm, I'm a big fan of Khan academy of course they do great stuff and um and they did kind of the standard approach to economics on their channel with a lot of patience and with a lot of drawings and i was like it's still boring like <laughs> these guys are like the best of the best and they can't make it fun <laughs> right right so well i'm gonna get to that in one second i want to ask you another question uh, when before we when I first found your stuff, I had mentioned to you that I was really excited to find something uh, as a medium. So video being the medium that's easy for my teen to learn about economics. Uh, I showed her some of those, and we listened to some today, and they're really content rich. So you can't binge these things; your mind turns to oatmeal. But she has now at least a grasp of the idea of the division of labor and the idea of what is money. So you have a specific demographic in mind or a different focus as an audience? So I would love this to be sort of uh, appealing also to teenagers, yes. But I don't think I've have, I have enough experience with working with teenagers with that demographic to know if I am achieving that. But I, it would be something that I would definitely love. So, but like, like I said, like the, the newer videos that are coming out, they're going to be, um, so one thing that we are doing is we're, we're cutting it down in size. So a lot of the old videos were like 10 minutes long. The Adam Smith videos are going to continue that length because we are going chapter by chapter, but all, all of the other videos are going to be, um, three to five minutes long. And so it's going to be just one idea per video. And I think that's going to help also to kind of make it make it just funner to watch. And and like I said, we're we we are attempting kind of to to really go into like the uh, the theory of economics with sort of a motivation. I think one of the big problems with the standard approach right now is that this it's lacking a motivation because people, like I said, I think the people they cater to are these people that are going to work with the math of economics in finance jobs and stuff like that and or even in research and just bringing in a motivation is going to make it a lot of fun i think so i believe that the, the the content that is coming out 
will be um, probably be more fun for also like a teenage audience than than the videos we've been doing so far. Some have been very dense. Yeah. Even I think even adults who don't have any economic knowledge can can probably say two is enough because that's just there's so much to absorb but it's not just absorbing now with this idea in your head you sort of have to let it grow and branch out into the rest of your ideas about how the world works and it takes a little while for that to take root so uh, the first question i want to ask you is as you're pursuing these educational videos on economics are you focusing on a particular school of economics? Are you Austrian? Are you Keynesian? Are you Chicago? Or are you trying to stay out of the ideology pool? Um, yeah, I actually get this question fairly fairly often. So I'm a big fan of Milton Friedman and David Friedman, his son, who was also uh, a really cool economist. And Milton Friedman was a big fan of Adam Smith, and I share that as well. Um, so I would say I definitely kind of fall wherever they fall. But I, so one of the things that I'm going to be doing now with the with the the new content on the channel is kind of come at economics from a, a more evolutionary kind of cultural evolutionary angle, which actually is not that new in economics. So if you look at Adam Smith, he he has an, a sort of anthropological angle to the way he talks about it. And I think one of the the most famous economists who really also had an uh, anthrop or evolution angle was Hayek, actually, who most people would put into the, the Austrian school, right? So yeah, I, I believe that it all boils down to like, what's the importance of freedom and all of this, right? And so I actually just released a video about freedom. I don't know if you saw that. And I think freedom, it's kind of, we, we're discovering that it really is the thing that makes the economy function better, right? So I, I don't really come at it from uh, an ideological point of view that freedom is like this holy grail or something. I come at it more as like, you know what, this is very fascinating. We have really understood like what's making the economy function better. And and so I think that's also why I want to explain economics to people because I want them to themselves also like arrive at that conclusion. It's not about ideology. It's really like this works, you know? Yeah. In your Who Protects the Workers video, I just watched that today, um, you seem to take a particularly libertarian position on the minimum wage as aggression, which the aggression is excluding the unskilled workers. Is that an overlap? Or if I may press, are you libertarian? Yeah. Um, so that video specifically is actually kind of a remake of one of uh, Milton Friedman's lectures, right? And yeah, I mean, I would say I'm in a sense, a very practical libertarian that I, so I think this actually like, and that's that's why I'm saying like um, I I really want to make people understand economics because I think they'll just get to the same conclusion, right? So yeah, I I, I personally am a libertarian, just like Milton Friedman, and I would say also Adam Smith. Like if you read a lot of like I can post some um, some quotes later because 
because that really is what what brings prosperity to to a society, right? And yeah, so yeah, I I, I personally am a, a libertarian, but I don't think that's that ideology is the way I want to try to explain it to people. I think that that's maybe the way to to say it. It seems on its face to be obvious that you think there is an obvious conclusion to be made from who protects the workers video and the asymmetric um, imbalance video seems, I think you think there's an obvious conclusion to these things. But uh, I read a Facebook post recently in which some politicians in Oregon are considering doing away with single family housing. Now, aside from the issues of government overreach, and there are many who don't understand economics at all and will think that the middleman that you mentioned in the asymmetry video is actually uh, going to be the, the government and will not understand that the governmental middleman is bringing inefficiency because mostly that's probably all they've ever known. So I understand your statement that the conclusion is self-evident, but I think there's an entire group of people for whom the opposite conclusion is equally self-evident. Well, if we have this, if we have this imbalance, obviously we need government policy. Now we're back to the invisible foot of government for every, every policy instituted. There is an equal and opposite unforeseen consequence, which usually is what we end up complaining about in policy. Joanne, let's take a moment to mention one of my affiliates. Folks, learning economics can be easy with Joanne's help, but what of those topics you actually did study in school? Who will help you sort out the bad from the worst you were taught? Well, it's a trick question because I have the answer. Liberty Classroom will help you sort that out. Liberty Classroom offers over 20 courses presented in both audio and video medium and each about 30 minutes long, just right for the commute or when making dinner. Click over to culinarylibertarian.com classroom to see the course list and offerings. I will tell you the best deal is the lifetime membership, but you can also purchase one course. Listen at your pace and correct the errors of your state education. CulinaryLibertarian.com slash classroom. So as the producer of these videos, how how do you reach those people? How do you get this in front of them? Yeah, so I think that's kind of one of the reasons the, the channel is sort of changing direction that we're not going to focus too much on specific policies, uh, but more fundamentally, if you understand the the way the price system works, the way information works in an economy, the way decisions are made, and who has the right incentive to make the right the best decision. There is no right decision. You can only approach like the approximate the best. Uh, best possible, right? Um, then I think people will understand, you know, often you have problems in an economy and you go like, we have to fix this. We have to make a policy. We have to, uh, there's problems. We have to have a law against that. And they don't pause 
to look at, are there already policies applying to this? Are there already laws that are maybe already, that are actually causing this problem, right? So, so, so the tendency is to pile on more and more laws, which I, which is what, what it sounds like it's happening there, right? Um, oh, now healthcare is too expensive. Let's make a law that everybody has to buy healthcare so that we can kind of like even it out between everybody, right? So, so instead of actually like looking at what's happening in the market, where are the distortions, why, what is causing this to happen? And it, could we get rid of some laws to actually uh, get rid of the problem? So people never make that step and look at or, or ask politicians to, hey, go and check, first of all, what all is there? What all could be causing this problem, right? So I think when people understand more about how the economy functions, uh, more of like the, the theory behind it, it will apply to more specific uh, policies as well. And they will know like what questions you have to ask instead of just piling on more laws. And that gets us back to learning how to think like an economist, which is asking usually the unasked question, which nobody seems to do. Right. But this is exactly what I'm saying, like the economics intuition that I'm hoping that people are going to get a little bit more of when they watch our videos. Well, I, having watched uh, a dozen or so myself, I think that that's probably very likely just because you do a really good job. <laughs> um, there is There is a lot of humor, which I appreciate, but there's also there's, well, to me, it appears sort of in a, a not too far below the surface biting sarcasm mm -hmm. uh, at, at socialists and communists and, and well, <laughs> idiots uh, is, so did you intend for that to be there? And is that an affectation for the videos or is Joanne kind of a little sassy pants? Yeah, no, um, uh, it definitely did go into that direction. Um, but I think we are kind of coming a little bit back from that. Although there's a, it's, it's kind of a bit of a cheeky tone. Yeah. And, and I think it's kind of, it makes it fun. And we purposely kind of talk about like people by like, I call David Friedman, like Friedman Jr. And in a very informal way, you know, we call Adam Smith, Grandmaster Adam, and just like give people different names and stuff. Right. So, yeah, in a way, I think one of the one of the core ideas of as well of this channel is think for yourself. So don't. Yes, learn, learn science and. And you have the capacity to think about these things. You have a brain. Because this is inspiration, I think, from Adam Smith. This was the Enlightenment. This was the time when you were allowed to finally have controversial opinions and write about, um, contradict what the authority was saying, right? So so I want to kind of bring this as well, kind of into the, the makeup of the, the channel, is um, don't have too much respect for authority. Yes, you, people should have respect for people who um, who have achieved things, and who, but don't blindly follow authority. Think for yourself. 
you have your own brain and science is something that happens in all of our brains, right? So yeah, I don't want to be too too respectful. I want to be kind of a bit cheeky about talking about other scientists, about politicians, about... And, and as I said, it's been a bit of a learning curve so far. So we're trying out different angles. <laughs> no, I, I think the, the cheeky part worked well. I enjoyed it. I mean, I... I... <laughs> I, I had a few laugh out loud moments, and I think making a complicated topic of any issue something that makes the listener laugh a little bit helps the learning process. So, I, whether or not you have actually studied uh, pedagogical methods, you've stumbled upon something that I think is very effective. Uh, you keep mentioning we, so uh, put your Put your team in the limelight. Let them glow. Who is we? Okay. So um, the core is me and Doug. Um, so we're like the two full-time guys. Uh, and Doug, I've known Doug for a very long time. Um, he's an animator. And he I think he's more of a cartoonist than an animator. He has like a gift of like giving, drawing certain life, you know. Um and just making them hilarious. I think that's, I'm a big fan of his work. Um, and so uh, we, me and Doug and uh, my ex-husband at the time, um, we started an animation studio, um, which is still running and uh, which we are kind of using to produce these videos. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, Mostly just me and him. And then we work with a couple of other people, um, like as freelancers from time to time. Um, okay. So Doug is, Doug is the one that I'm watching as these videos go by. Exactly. So all of the drawings, it's his artwork. Uh, and he, um, he spends all of his day making art. <laughs> and he's really talented. Yeah, he's great. Well, he does a good job. So I was I, I was entertained a little bit that uh, one of the and I've watched too many to remember which one, but there was a a, a moment where Adam was fist raised and uh, brows furled, and I thought for, for a moment, wow, that looks like the NPC character. So I I don't know if that was intentional, but it sure was funny. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I guess I don't get all of the references either. <laughs> but he has a lot of humor, and um, he has a lot of fun with uh, with the animations for sure. Well, fun with animations is a good thing to have. So let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat up on the state a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, it seems more often than not, the state, as the middleman, is forcing the poorest quality of products and services available as being the only ones. So humoring me that that might be the case, uh, how do we, which is really you, how do you reach your, how do you reach your audience to convey that pretty much whatever the state touches, it kills? Right. Um, That's a harsh, let me, let me rephrase the question. How do you, how do you reach the audience that, uh, to show them that what the state touches as the middleman is creating an and inefficiency that they can't, that the consumer can't fix may not be an easier answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to go about that in a direct, 
direction. I think the idea is more to make really make people really understand the price system. David Friedman has at the end of the machinery of freedom sort of his moral argument for freedom. And it's basically uh, it's basically a restatement of the price system that yeah, people we want people to be to be well off, to we want society to be to be wealthy. We want everybody to be to to have opportunities and send their kids to school, right? And the best way to make use of the resources we have is to let people make their own decisions. So I think it takes a while to to really to really get people into the economics mindset, to make people understand the arguments of economics. But I think in the end, that is a very strong argument for people to understand. Like, if I want the best for myself, if I want the best for others, freedom is really the way to go. And we understand that through economics. And I want, I don't want to, I see a lot of other channels like explaining that in a short way, but I don't, I just feel like people don't have the, the basis yet for it. And so I'm hoping that maybe we can work on that and give people a bit more of the basis of understanding why economics actually comes to that conclusion through the theory, well, through understanding the price system, right? So, yeah, I think in a sense we've given up on the direct path because we, and we've come to the conclusion that first people have to understand more of economics and just that you have to think differently um, when you look at large groups of people and to to just get the intuition of it. Well, I, that's probably a better answer. Probably a better approach is sideways and not straight on because people can defend straight on. Yeah, and I think a lot of channels are already doing that. So, so if you, so so there's a lot out there. But I think um, what I am missing right now is an attempt to to really explain ex- the the deeper idea of economics in a really fun way, which I think was something that Milton Friedman was trying to do in his time, and which I think is why why his videos are becoming so popular again on, on YouTube right now. They're uh, some of the most popular stuff, funny enough, like this old dude from like the 70s, right? <laughs> I, I'll tell you, when I was, before I became actually involved in, in before I called myself a libertarian, Milton on Phil Donahue talking about what is greed was one of the first videos I saw. And then I watched more of him. And I remember the Phil Donahue show from when I was a kid, but I was a kid, so I don't care who's on. But there's there's a charm about Milton that you just, he's kind of curious to watch, but then he speaks in an eloquence and a common sense is like, wait a minute, I've never heard anybody say this before, but he's a spectacular delivery. And I think that's the thing that's remarkable about him is his ability to just be unfazed by any detractor and just put it out there in an easy to hear, which is important, and easy to comprehend manner. And so 
if I can pay you a compliment, I think in the in the spirit of carrying on from ease of message, I think you're doing a great job because it's fun to listen to and you get something out of it and you have to ruminate. Yeah, this is this is some these are big topics and you're tackling them, I think, really, really well. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I think you know, I think one of the things that Milton Friedman also did the best was just take questions with humor and um and really drill down to like what the person was not understanding and explain it in a in an interesting way and in a, in a broken down way so i think me personally um i think some the the q and a's are some of the best parts of those videos all right so since this is the culinary libertarian podcast we are going to talk a little bit about food and uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the almost, sorry, I don't know if you can hear that thing. I live near an Air Force base, and the Air Force likes spending $75,000 an hour of my money flying their planes. Um, the uh, Inside the Actors Studio TV show, uh, hosted by James Lipton, uh, asks a small series of questions at the end, and so I've stolen that idea from him to have some food questions. And you had no idea this was coming. No, I didn't. <laughs> so there's just a few. Uh, very simple, easy. What is your favorite food? Oh, well, um, I've lived a long time in, in Brooklyn, right? Uh, and so I've sort of been exposed to a lot of different sort of Maybe not 100% authentic cuisines from all around the world, and um, I, I'm—I guess I'm more of an adventurous eater. Uh, and hmm, what's my favorite food? That's very hard to say. One of my favorites right now is actually a Pakistani dish called uh, nihari. <laughs> wow! All right. What is what? What's in it? It's a beef stew sort of like a i would say the closest i can think of and i'm probably going to get some complaints about saying that is like a hungarian goulash ah that i know you know that's kind of what it reminds me of <laughs> but with different spices long cooking time it's it's pretty good um and then with the the traditional bread um yeah, so so I like I like experimenting different uh, cultural cuisines. All right. Well, with all of that vast experience, what is your least favorite food? <laughs> um, I guess for me, it's really about like if chef is well prepared. I guess the worst thing I've ever had was hospital food. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like there's no salt, there's no fat, there's no nothing in it, and then it's like it just tastes horrible. <laughs> it does. What gets you excited? About food? Up to you. Anything. Oh, that's too broad a question for me. But <laughs> What gets you excited about economics? Oh, about economics. Well, I think the big motivation that I really want to get people excited about is um, – 
just seeing progress. Like, why do why do we want to understand economics? Because look at it. So many things have been improving in the last 100 years, 200 years, right? And yes, it's chaotic. Yes, not everything is like utopia. But look at just how far we've come. And, and then we can use economics to understand where things have gone better or worse and why. Okay. What turned you off? Again, very vague. <laughs> um, uh, I, think, I think I'm not too much of a debater, to be honest. Um, like when I feel like the other person and I, we're not on the same page, we're not really talking about the same thing, we're not having the same assumptions or, or um, definitions of things, and I'm like, I kind of feel like there's too much to explain to really have continue the debate, sort of. Yeah, so uh, I I don't I'm not one of those people who gets pleasure from like debating things on social media <laughs> for the sake of debating. <laughs> okay, no, that's a good answer. Oh, there's people who do that. <laughs> what sound do you love? What sound? Oh, um, I think again, it's it's very. It's very varied. Um, since I do come at anthropology, uh, at economics from a very sort of bioanthropology, but also anthropology angle, uh, where I think cultural evolution is kind of bringing it together right now, um, all of these things. Um, I guess I've always had also sort of a fascination for different cultures and. Um, Sort of exploring has always been interesting for for music, for um, foods, for languages. I speak a couple of languages myself. So, yeah, I think I have fun exploring those kind of things more than like having something I identify with. What sound do you hate? Um, forks against pots. My daughter, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what is your favorite food indulgence? Oh, there's some good desserts, I guess. I'm I'm a bit of a dessert person, I guess. Um maybe just strawberry ice cream, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. It's good answer. Strawberry ice cream is very good. All right. Well, Joanne, I've appreciated our talk. I thank you for sharing your information. Yeah, thank you for having me on your podcast. It was a lot of fun. You're welcome. Tell us about your your address for your YouTube channel and how else can people find you? Um, yeah. So um, our old name is the Invisible Foot of Government, but we are changing to the name Bite Size Econ. So our URL on YouTube is youtube.com and then the slash C slash um, bite size econ um and and yeah we have a facebook group we have a facebook page we have uh we're starting uh instagram and my email address i think is also in a couple of places which is just joanne at mindbikestudios.com i will put all those links on the show notes page and we'll get people in contact with you and uh we'll go from there 
Excellent. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. I, it was definitely a lot of fun. Thank you. You're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today. See the show notes page at culinarylibertarian.com slash 15 for Joanne's YouTube channel link and a link to Adam Smith's book, The Wealth of Nations. See you next week. Um, so that's about an hour of your day, so I hope it didn't cut into anything. Oh, um, we are going to be launching a new video right now, actually. <laughs> wow. Excellent. 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 Yeah, but it was definitely a lot of fun. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, if all goes well, and the, what that means is I have a really long interview I'm still editing, uh, which is going to go up on the 24th. Uh, if everything goes as planned, you will be on New Year's Eve day. Cool. That is very cool. So, um, that was. So, thanks a lot for your work. And you've got, what, like 70 or 90 videos so far, and I'm amazed at your, at your content. So, I have a lot to learn and a lot to watch, and you do a good job. So, thanks a lot for your work. Yeah, thanks. And I really, really hope the new stuff's going to be good. <laughs> Uh, it should be. It should be. So, well, continue your luck. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year. And I'll be in touch. Bye-bye.